has made for us. We will rejoice and be glad in him. We want to believe God once again this morning as we continue to press into the heart of God, into the mind of God, that we'll continue to receive clarity and direction, particularly regarding the things the Spirit of God is sharing with us, opening our eyes to see in this brand new day. I want to especially welcome everyone this morning that will be joining us. Wherever you're joining from, welcome to our Facebook live broadcast. What a time we had this morning on our YouTube uh, live broadcast. We want to believe God that once again we will be able to push further. There are things the Spirit of God is showing us, revealing to us, and of course bringing to our attention that as we continue to adjust ourselves and align with that which is required of us as we step into this new day, that we'll be able to push further into that reality where our life becomes indeed a very expressions of the will of God. Let us pray. Father, we honor you this day. We glorify you. We thank you for your voice. We thank you for your heart. We thank you for your mind. We thank you for the things that you're revealing to us, the things that you're saying to us. So we thank you for the way you're speaking to us. We thank you, Father, for the way your heart, yes, is being open to us to align and to adjust even to that which you desire us to walk in. We thank you. May our eyes continually be open to these things. May our ears, oh God, continually be unstopped to hear, oh God. Touch our lips, oh God, that we may speak the wonders of this new day. Touch our heart that we may feel, oh God, the pulsating of, yes, your passion and desire for this brand new day. We honor you. We glorify you. Thank you, Lord, that as you continue to engage us regarding the building and the reconstruction, yes, of this altar, that will manifest a priest, oh God, that a priesthood that will show forth, that will reveal your counsel. We pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that we will not be tired of engaging. We will not be tired, oh God, of, yes, allowing you to lead us. So we pray once again this morning. Come, Lord, speak to us. Show us, oh God, the path of life, the path of righteousness. May we live our life, oh God, in honor. Yes, Father, may we live our life in, glo in glory, in, oh God, your, your presence and your glory. We thank you. We bless your holy name. Do that which your heart desires to do through us and in us in this glorious day. We thank you. We open up to, yes, the portals of your spirit. We open up to the release of your intention. We pray, oh God, that your kingdom come, oh God. May your will be done once again in our lives, in our space, in our ministry, in our calling, oh God. Whatever the place that you have placed us and positioned us, whatever you've committed into our hands, oh God, in this brand new day, as you bring us to the place of, yes, reconstructions and, and renovation, we pray in the name of Jesus, oh God, that we will continually yield ourselves until we become that perfect vessel, yes, meet for your, for your use, oh God. Indeed, that is our desire. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome. If you're joining us this morning, uh, by the grace of God, I'm just quickly going to share one or two things that I believe the Spirit of the Lord, all right, has impressed in our heart. These are days of, you know, divine impressions. There are so many things the Lord is sharing, revealing to us, speaking to us, and we will continue to sound the alarm, amen, of what the Lord, amen, is, do is doing in our day. We're not going to be quiet about it. We will continually bring across, amen, the mind of the Lord, the desires of God. We will continually bring, you know, that to which the Spirit of 
of God wants to see manifest in our day. And as we continue to look into the word of God, one theme is clear. One theme can keep coming. We keep hearing the same thing over and over and over again, even though they may be coming from different angles and, and direction, but we are hearing the same theme. And that is, I, I want to engage you in newness and I want you to represent me from that position of newness. So that's what we believe God for, that we'll continue to declare, we'll continue to proclaim. What a time we had this morning in just looking at the word of God on our YouTube channel. What a word, what a proclamation, what a declaration. I want to encourage you if you're out there and you, 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 you did not listen or you did not participate in this morning broadcast. Well, I want to encourage you to, you know, you know, find, you know, that link again or just go to uh, YouTube and, 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 you know, connect to the Potter's Gate online broadcast. Of course, you can listen to it there. These are words that will change and, and renew, reform, transform, empower, reconstruct, all right, and realign us back, amen, to the will of God. If there is anything we are searching and looking for in this day, is that we want to allow, amen, the will of God to be fully done in our life. We read a scripture this morning, you know, in John chapter 4. Jesus said, my meat, my meat, my food, amen, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish it. And I remember saying, all right, that we cannot, you know, talk about, you know, doing the will of God if we have not come to the place of discovering the will of God. And I think that is part of what the Lord, amen, is emphasizing in this new day that, amen, is engaging us regarding coming out of the ark. Because if we understand what the will of God is, if we understand how he wants us to engage, then it's easy for us to step into that arena of doing. Doing must come before, or, uh, excuse me, knowing must come before doing. If we know and we align ourselves to what we know, amen, and we have, you know, we, we have encountered him like we, like, you know, like we talked about this morning, that God, God wants to engage us, he's, he's revealing, he's, he's reintroducing himself, amen, to us. If, if we're in a day where we are encountering the things of God again, you know, then that prepares us, it puts us in a position where we are able to rise up, we're able to engage. Engage, we are able to step into that arena where we become his representative. But lest we go and say we want to represent God and we have not come to understand, you know, his, his, his desire, his, his counsel. We have not fully embraced. We are, we are not yet persuaded. All right. We, we still hear. We know, yes, God is speaking. But, you know, uh, uh, th th there are still, you know, frictions. There are still interferences in our life. We don't want that. We want to throw away every form of distraction. We want to push aside whatever it is, all right, within or around our life that can derail that which heaven amen has begun to do in this brand new day we want to become amen that vessel that instrument that company of people that individual that is fully ready fully aligned to god's heart to god's mind to god's desire to god's counsel that is what we are believing god for that is what we want to see in this brand new day so that when heaven pours himself when god begins to release amen his grace his glory his power his resource into us amen we can go forth amen and and reflect and represent his intention Without any form of the flesh, you know, getting it. We want to we want to get rid of every activity of the flesh. We want to get rid of every form of destruction. We want our life to be fully aligned, amen, to the will of God. We want our soul, we want our mind, every part of our faculty to be fully present, amen, in that which the Spirit of God is proclaiming and declaring. This is our call. This is our ministry. This is, amen, where we are in this brown new day. And as the Lord continue to speak to us from this 
this height of his voice, may we yield ourselves, may we surrender, may we come under that reality, amen, where our life, amen, is no longer distracted from, amen, the intentions of God. We want to fully, fully, fully be committed, amen, to his, to his will. You know, I, I, said, I said this a few days ago, the Lord said to me, he said, you know, I want vessels vessels that are prepared that are ready all right prepare me vessels and of course if i'm going to do that i have to be a vessel amen you know that that is that is worthy i have to be a vessel of honor myself you can't go preparing a vessel of honor if you're not a vessel of honor if you're not a vessel of honor yourself so every aspect of our life must be totally involved in that which the lord amen is proclaiming and declaring for this new day all right uh, we we have seen all kinds of things in the past in a couple of seasons and years we we we've we we all have all kinds of narrative of what the church is, of how the church should be, but there are things the Spirit of God is revisiting again in our life so that, amen, we can be realigned back to that position where we can truly re re reflect and represent, amen, the, 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 the counsels of God, amen, on earth. The Bible says that his kingdom come, that his will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. I mean, if that is not, you know, a, 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 a message to awaken you, to align you, to, to, to you know, to, to rebrand you, then I don't know what else will. If, if, if that singular concept of may his kingdom come, may his will be done, amen, that you say we should pray, you know, to pray does not mean that you should just position yourself in a, in a, in a context of request. To pray means aligning yourself. You know, the fulfillment of prayer, amen, the fulfillment of prayer is that our life becomes the very reflection of that which the Father wants to see manifest in the earth. That, 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 that's the meaning of prayer. That where your life becomes, amen, the very expression, the very, you know, desire of God. That when people look at you, they can see God. They see Christ. They see his mind. They see his will. To me, I think that is what the Father wants to see. And that is not something that will happen in some future in the millennia. The millennia has its own beautiful expression, amen, of declaration, of, of manifestation and showcasing a glorified church. But guess, guess what, friends? A glorified church does not just does not just happen in one day a glorified church amen is is a process amen of aligning in obedience to what will make us glorious what will make us beautiful the scripture says the lord is coming for a church without spot without wrinkle and without blemish that is not something we can do by might and power that is not something we can do by wish that is something we have to track in the word of god and begin to align our life align our mind align our thought it's something we have to daily engage our faculty all right if we're gonna be that vessel because like i always say and i've been saying that for the past few days now all right <laughs> Man, hallelujah, are the carriers amen, of the of the expressions of God, of the seasons of God. You will notice in the book of you know first you know uh, Chronicles uh, uh, thirteen when they were to bring the ark of God. I mean David, who understood the ways of God. I told you there was a priesthood in David. He, I mean he understand the ways of God and the things of God, and he himself had forgotten that. Amen. Is written that you know you don't carry the things of God, the presence of God. All right, with with, with other form of vehicle, the things of God must be carried upon the shoulders of men men must bear the burden of the presence of God David himself had forgotten and so in the in the euphoria of the new day in the euphoria of the joy of what God has begun to do in the euphoria of bringing back the ark they miss 
the pattern. They miss the protocol. And that's why I keep making this noise and I'm sounding like, you know, you know, just, you know, a, a, another symbol that is just making noise. I, I will keep making this noise because I have seen what happened all right, in the past when people began to engage, you know, the, 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 the things of God. I, I mean, God came powerfully. God moved. I mean, I was there in the 90s. I saw God move. I saw the power of God. In fact, before that period, just close to uh, uh, 19, uh, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, 88, I gave my life to Christ in 88. So 89, 90, thereabouts, I mean, we were in a service. We were in a service, worship. I literally saw the glory of God. The glory of God in the house. The whole place was misty. You could, you could almost touch the, I mean, when they talk about the cloud of glory, you know, you, we, we always think, okay, well, that is just, you know, symbolic. And yes, it's symbolic. But I tell you, back in those days, literally, li you could see the whole place was misty, cloudy. In the midst of worship. I mean, I'm talking about people who worship God for three, four hours. At the, at the height of that worship, you could, you know, you could touch the cloud. You could feel the presence of God. That was, that was how or, uh, the preparation for, you know, that 1999, 1990-99, you know, apostolic, you know, prophetic move began. At least I know in Nigeria, I don't know about other places, where, I mean, where I, where I was, what, what I saw, and that's what, that's what I'm sharing. And, and I saw that. I mean, God came down. The glory of God was there. The power, the presence of God, the essence of God was there. But guess what? The people who were supposed to manage that move, who were supposed to manage that, you know, coming. You know, it's easy for, for us to say, God, come. It's easy for us to pray that God comes. When God comes down, do we know how to engage with God? Do we know what to do in terms of connecting? Do we know hallelujah, how to relate? Not even Adam in the garden knew how to, how to connect amen, with the presence of God. And that's something I think the Spirit of God wants us to learn in this new day. When God finally comes, when His glory comes, what do we do? So we don't go bonkers. We don't, we don't get overexcited to the point where we begin to miss, we begin to misdirect, amen. We begin to abuse. I mean, and in the midst of all that move and glory, that thing came with so much power and energy and, and you know, authority. And guess what? That thing came with prosperity. Many of the big churches right now that, you know, you see them that have become, you know, you know a, a, an issue of disgrace to the body of Christ. Many of them were birthed in the, in the late 80s, early 90s. Many of them were part of the recipients of that, of that move, of that power of God. They saw God. They saw God move. This, I mean, this is not something that they were told. They saw it. But guess what? Not many knew how to track. Not many. You see, walking with God, like I always say, walking with God is the most difficult thing. When the Lord said to Abraham, walk before me and be perfect. That is not a child's play. That is not going on a stroll. That is, amen, you aligning your entire life. That, that is bringing your entire order of existence, amen, into the pathway of Christ. So that when you walk with him, amen, you're not walking outside of his, of his will, of his standard. You're not walking outside of his counsel. You're walking, amen, within the path, within the narrow path that he has set for you. That is not something that is, that is easy. It's something we have to begin to teach ourselves, all right? It's easy. 
easy for us to pray. God, come. It's easy for us to begin to gather and pray and do all of that. And the minister of when God comes down, how do we manage his presence? How do we interact? How do we engage with him? How do we how do we how do we use that which God amen, has brought? Do, have we learned that? Have we taught ourselves? Have we given have we given enough time to find out how to walk with God? I think that's something we have to all learn. You know, carrying the glory of God, carrying the presence of God requires a people whose life has totally been been realigned, been touched. It it, it, it requires a a total, total death to the ways of this world. It requires that every aspect of you has, has fall in line. Every, every ounce of your strength, amen, is laid on the altar. Every part of your life, amen, has, be, has, be, has become a smoke unto God. You've been, you've been burnt, amen. The burnt offering has become, amen, you know, a, 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 you know an, a wave offering unto God. Every aspect of your being. There is no area of your life, amen, that the flesh, that, you know, your own agenda still have a voice over. It's all dead. I'm saying this because, I mean, they prayed, they desired God to move. God came. Go get the ark. Only for them, amen, to make the mistake. And like I said, when we have taken, you know, we've been in a season where for 22 years, we've done our own thing. We've forgotten the pattern of the priesthood. We've forgotten the, 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 the principles, the protocols. We've forgotten, amen, how to live life. We've forgotten the principles of the, of the communion. We've forgotten, amen, the place of kononia. We've forgotten the place of fellowship. We've forgotten the place, amen, of yielding our life, yielding ourselves, of surrendering, amen, to the protocols of the Spirit. We've forgotten the power of mutual love, mutual submission. We have forgotten the place, amen, of biblical leadership. We have forgotten what it means to know how to handle, how to use the authority of God without abusing it when we've when we've been through amen at 22 years 22 years the presence of God was taken amen the presence of God was taken from you know from 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 the people of God from Jerusalem for 22 years the ark of God was captured was in another amen you know a foreign land how do we begin to engage this this order of a life where we live in a day where the the, the priesthood amen has been disbanded in a day where even the priests have forgotten, amen, how to wear the effort. They have forgotten. They've been stained. They've been, they've been corrupt. They've been compromised. In a day where they're bringing us back, amen, to, to restoration. Ha. Friends, that's not something that we do with levity. That's not something we handle with where, where, where. Hallelujah. Hey, praise God. Yes, God is moving. That's not some ex- excitement, you know. Yes, it's excitement. We need to be excited. But that is something we have to deal with, amen, with, with caution. We have to engage this day amen with sacredness there has to be something in your heart amen that that is crying out and saying god help me i don't want to fall down and die i don't i don't want to be the casualty of of the birth of a new day it's always challenging when god begins to do something those are the forefront you know they are the one that really bears the brunt of the judgment of god because they expect you to know if you're going to be part of those that are going to carry, are going to bring back the presence of God, are going to bring back the glory of God into the, into the nation, into South Africa, into Nigeria. If you're going to be part of the people that have been chosen to carry, to be act bearers. If you're going to be part of a company of people, amen, that will carry the, the voice of God, that, will, that, will, that the word of God will flow through them. If you're going to be part of, I mean, <laughs> you have to. 
just have to humble yourself. This is not some time of hallelujah, praise God. No, no. This is a time where we all need to become a vessel worthy for the master's use. It's a time where we have to really look, examine ourselves. When for 22 years you have forgotten how things ought to be done. You know, they say practice makes perfect. When you engage with God on a daily basis... It's easy to track him. It's easy to just respond like that. But when for 22 years, 22 years, you as a priest, you've, you've gone into the world system. You, you've learned to make money. You've been making money. You know, you, 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 you've learned the language of Babylon. You, you've been with, you know, Babylonians. You've been with Egyptians. You know, you have forgotten your place. You've forgotten how to, how to, live, how to live life. You no longer wear the air Force again. You no longer wear the turban, hallelujah. You no longer have the burden of Israel upon your, upon your heart, amen. The stones of Israel has been removed from your heart. The burdens, hallelujah, of God, hallelujah, has been removed. Your, your ability to carry the ark, amen, is almost a forgotten song. Thank you, Father. When the concept of knowing how to carry the presence of God. You know, carrying the presence of God is a spiritual act. Not everybody can house God. That's why he gave us, he gave us himself in measure. <laughs> he gave us himself in measure. But there is a company of people that are coming to the full measure. <laughs> there, are, there is a company of people coming to the full measure of God. And that requires, amen, that we are prepped, ready, that we are trained, that we learn again, hallelujah, how to grow in the house of God. We have to learn to submit ourselves again to the temple and learn to grow as Samuel grew, amen, in the house of God. We have to learn to grow again in the house of God. Of course, this time around, not under the leadership of Eli. We have to learn to grow, amen, within the temple of God. We have to learn to familiarize ourselves again with the ways of God, with the will of God, with the counsels of God, amen. We have to learn to raise our children again within the ambience, amen, of, of the voice of God. There are things that we have forgotten. So in this, in this new day where we're coming out of the ark and they're calling us to engage the temple again, we have to know how to enter. We have to know, amen, we have to learn from Samuel how to open, amen, the door of the house of, of God again. Not just opening the door of some, of some nice ministry or some, you know, church we call church. No, I'm talking about the house of God. We have to learn to open the door, amen, not of our own church, but of the house of God. There was a house, hallelujah, in a certain place. We have to learn again, hallelujah, how to journey, how to respond to the things of the spirit again. Because all of that we have forgotten. Even though we are so, you know, involved in, in, in so-called religious, you know, Christian, Christian activity. We still go to church every Sunday, but we have forgotten the ways of God. We have forgotten, hallelujah, the, 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 the counsels of God. We have forgotten how to hear God again. We have to learn again to sit down and say, when God speaks, this is, this is how, to, how to engage him. Because many of us, all right, we've left the place of spiritual development and maturity. We have become like children. 
all right, that when songs are sung to them right, in the marketplace, we dance to the beating. We, we respond. Our, our entire life right now all right, moves to us amen, the passion and the desires of Babylon. And the things of Babylon is what gets us excited. Come on. Thank you, Father. The things of Babylon is what gets, gets us excited. Like, you know, uh, uh, Pastor Tyre was, you know, writing in, in, in his post yesterday. We have been captured. We have been captured by, you know, by the desires of Babylon. Now we enjoy, amen, the fruits, amen, of, 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 the, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We no longer find desire and passion. Uh, we no longer find, amen, a voice, you know. Our appetite is no longer after the things of the spirit. I know I'm saying something. If you're listening to me this morning, well, this is the voice of God. I know I am speaking. And I, I know we still go to church, like I said. We still do all this so-called religious thing. Hey, Jesus said, this people, the drum there to me with the amount. Now all we have is amount ministry. We have, we have moved away from the heart ministry. And you know that when God engages us, he engages with our hearts. He engages with our mind. He engages with our thoughts. He engages with what is within. He said, man, look, man looks at the outward, but I, God, looks at amen, what is within Hallelujah. A people that are going to change their generation must be people that are, that are living life from within out. Hallelujah. A people that are going to transform amen, their home, their family, their community will be a people, hallelujah, that are living life from within. If your concept of life is not coming from within and all you're doing is just, you know, showcase and all you're doing, amen, is, is just a makeup. You know, that's what we do. That's what we do in church. It's just all about makeup. We, we are good. We like to dress. You see, this day, this, today I'm putting on my suit, even though I'm getting a bit, you know, uh, hot here. You see, but that's how we, that's how we do it in the church. We, as long as we, we are confident in that suit. It's like the confidence, it's like our confidence is in the suit. Our confidence is in the, is in the hat, you know, for the ladies, all right? Once they wear those big hats, you understand? Yes, then we're ready for church, <laughs> you know? And, and the man of God has, has prayed himself. He's hyped up himself, hallelujah. And I, I, I don't mean to, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but I'm just saying that we've got to move away, you understand, from, from, from the sharia. We've got to move away from from the act we have to move away from the drama it's time to engage god and if we're going to engage god we have to be thought again how to engage god lest somebody begin to fall down this is what i'm talking about i i, I love this set of people that you know after a while this discover that in church that they're no longer getting it they decide to leave the church they were not attending any other church. They were just at home. You know, I still prefer those people. They were real people. They were truthful to themselves at least. But there is another group. No, 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 no. They know that they, they are dry as, as, as the dry wood. They know that nothing is happening. In fact, they know that when they get to church, they, they are going to gossip. They are going to fight. They are going to, you know, talk about the man of God and talk about, you know, sister God knows who. How that person came to church, you know, look at her shoe. And all they talk about is carnality. You find them in the church. But then there's this group of people that say, I don't want to be part of all that. I'm just tired. Let me stay in my home. I like that because when God comes, Amen, begin to stare their heart. Those people are easy to talk to reach. <laughs> they are easy, Amen, to, to, to bring them back, Amen. They are easy, Amen, to, to be collided with. You know, I talked about that this morning. Those people, those set of people who have said, No, 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 I don't want to have anything to do with God again. And I'm serious. 
And we have many of them like that. Remember, in America, there were certain pastors who decided, no, 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 I don't want to be pastor again. These are some of the pastors with, you know, uh, heel song. They left, they left the church. They said, no, no, I'm tired of pretending. I know what I'm doing is just, is just an act. You know, all those songs we're singing where it's just a make-believe. We, we, we're just tearing people's emotion. We are not really connecting because they know themselves. And a lot of us were challenging them. Why should they leave the church? Ah, you should thank God that they, le they left. Because listen to this. God knows his own. His, no his own will never be astray. If those people are searching for something and they can't find it in what they are doing. And they feel that what they are doing basically is not really reflecting God. Because they've read the Bible and they know the difference between what they are doing. You understand? And what God requires of them. They say, no, no. I'd rather leave this drama. I'd rather just go back into the world. You understand? And God allows that because they're is a reason for that there's a reason for that because god saw the sincerity of their heart they understood that they can no longer lie to themselves they said to themselves no i'm no longer gonna lie to myself you know there was a period in my life as a pastor for six months i moved away from church i i gave the church to some, i remember i wasn't not like i was in sin no i was just dry i was just dry I, I said, all these guys have been training all this while. Was, you take over the church. You guys do what you're doing. I, and those guys who, I'm, you know, I was taking notes. I will come to church. I will always come to church late because I don't want them to give me the microphone. They would have started, you know, message, all of that. So I will sit at the back of the church. I'm listening to this guy and I'm seeing, you know, young men vibrant for God. I said, God, no wonder you dried me. No wonder you put, you put me to this point. That was how I began to see a different dimension into ministry. That the ministry does not, does not depend on you. No, no. The ministry can do without you, man of God. The ministry, if it's God's ministry, it can do without you. I began to look at these young guys that I've been pouring myself. God said, you see, I've, I've poured so much in you and you've poured so much in this guy. Give them room. <laughs> I want to do ministry. Every Sunday morning, you, you know, you get yourself ready. And you know that you are dry. I don't know what is drying me, but I was dry on the inside. One thing that I thank God that God taught me earlier in ministry is if you, can, if, if you want to lie to everybody, don't lie to yourself. <laughs> I, said, I, said to the, I said to them, I said, guys, can I just have a period for myself? And after a while, I traveled. I went to visit my friend in Calabar. I drove all the way from Lagos. I drove all the way to Calabar. My friend said, what are you doing? I said, I've come to visit you. <laughs> if the ministry wants to collapse, let it collapse. I've come to visit you. I want to, I want to rest. I, I want to rest. I, travel. I was traveling all over the place. I left the ministry. I was traveling all over the place. If the ministry is going to die, let it die. But I was crying. Something on the mean something in me was longing for my father i couldn't feel him again i said lord we will continue this journey like this i'm not going back to ministry i'm not going back i'm not going back i'm not going back no no i'm not going back <laughs> it was after that the lord began to speak to me about coming to south africa friends we this this is a message not for everybody it's it's for a set of those who are in search of god you see i'm not searching for ministry my life, my life is an expression of ministry. God knew, God knew who I, who, who I, I read the scripture this morning, Jeremiah. <laughs> this guy was a priest from Anatot in Benjamin. He was a priest, Jeremiah, a young man, young boy. Maybe he was 16, 17 back then. He was just a priest. You know, he would follow everyone everybody's doing. You know, back in those days, if your great-grandfather is a priest, you automatically become a priest. <laughs> the young boy, I mean, I pity Jeremiah. I, I pity Jeremiah. 
This guy had no passion, but he was just he was just there because that's what he was born into. That's just like many people were born into into church. You know, I know a lot of pastors' children today. You know, who, they were born around church thing, but they've left the church, they've left the ministry, they've left their father, and they are smoking, doing all kinds of things. Away. Why? Because they never encounter God. They encounter religion. They were born into religion, and you expect them to continue with religion, particularly in the days that we live in. They are rebelling. They say, "No, no, Daddy, I'm not going to church with you again." Leave them. Let them do what they want to do. Let them discover God for themselves. What you need to be doing is to be praying for them. Alright? They must encounter God. They must encounter God. They must encounter God for themselves. <laughs> the salvation of the Father is not going to save, it's not going to save the Son. Even as, 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 as it is in the biological life, it, so it is in the spiritual life. Don't you ever think that your, your, your anointing man of God is going to cover your, your, your spirituals? No, 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 no. You have to teach them to find God. That was what I love about Moses. Moses taught how Joshua can connect with God. When, when Moses was no longer there, Joshua knew. He was not afraid. He had, he had encountered God himself. He had encountered God. Joshua. Moses, my servant, is dead. The responsibility. Are you seeing what has happened? The responsibility of ministry that have been placed upon show, shoulder of children that have not even grown teeth. They have not grown spiritual teeth. They are still babies. And yet these children are in charge of thousands of people. They are in charge of money. They are in charge of big properties called ministry. But they don't know what to do. I know many of them like that in Johannesburg and some other places. They took, they took over the ministry from their, because their father is dead. They were never truly prepared. Friends, I, I hear you father. In the days that we are living, we have to understand how to connect back to God. Let's not, all of this play, all of this thing we're doing, it's, it's, it's a show. The days of show are over. The world is looking for a people that can showcase God. <laughs> if you can't show me God, I don't want to see anything. If I, want, if I want entertainment, I can sit in my house and get myself some showmax and get myself amen, some Netflix, all right, you know, and watch and get myself entertained. People are tired of getting entertained again in church. The hearts of men are crying. They are longing. That's why they're in all over the place. That's why they will go from this church to that church, that ministry. They think is in the church. No. I said the word is thee, even in thy heart. Eternity is placed in there. We have to, we have to help people once again to look back on that which has been deposited on the inside. There is a cry, there's a groaning coming from within. Who will go? Who will I send? You say, send me. They say, yes, we will send you. But we will have to, first of all, train you. Help me, Father. My voice is to a generation. We are not permitted to die. No. There are people out there who are searching for God. Where are you? I can't find you in this thing we call church. I can't find you amidst the noise. 
I can't find you in the conference. I can't find you in the Zoom. I can't find you in the team. I can't find you in all of these things that we're doing. God, where are you? I told you, don't stop asking. He might have gone for three and a half years and you can't hear his voice. Elijah was still there at the backside. <laughs> waiting for the day heaven is going to return. Waiting for the day heaven was going to return. He shut the heavens. They asked him to shut the heavens. <laughs> three and a half years. There was a family of, family of revelation. A day is coming, they said. That there will be a family. He said, not of food for men to eat. But famine of the word. Famine of revelation. A day came they said, Naomi. The days of famine is over. Bread has returned back to the land. Naomi will have to take a journey back. Aye. Aye. We have, we have gone and we've lost so many things. But thank God that we've gained a company of one called Ruth. Naomi said, I, I, I went with plenty, but I've come back with nothing. No, Naomi. You didn't come back with nothing. You left because there was a famine in the land. You left because there was a famine. A famine of God. You left because there was a famine in the land. Because there was no food in the house. You left because there was no wine in the house. You left because the well was dry. You left. You left. You left. Many have left. Because there was no, there was no God again in the house. The place has become Ichabod. The glory has departed. When the glory departs, everybody departs. When the glory departs, people must depart to your tent, O Israel. People have departed. Hey, but yes, said the Lord, is a day of the ingathering again. In the day of ingathering, we have to learn the ways of the Spirit. We have to be taught again the dynamics of the return of God. I'm not a crazy man. I've heard God. And I'm tracking him. If the Lord said to me tomorrow, Isaiah, I need you to build me a church in Western Cape, I'll do it. But he has not said it. He wants me to, to steer the heavens, to steer the heart of men so that there will be a cry. There has to be a cry rising unto God. He said, I have heard the cry of my people and I have come down. How did God come down? He located the man. That's what I'm doing. A young man cried, South Africa needs engineer. They deployed me. I'm not crazy. You may think I'm crazy, but I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. I'm just a voice of one. And sometimes it's difficult. It's difficult. But that's part of the job. You have to learn to hear God in the tightness, in the rough part. You have to learn to maintain your course. When everybody is singing a different song and a different tune, they're dancing to a different tune, you have to learn to stick to what heaven said. That's what makes you a prophet. I know people will be saying all kinds of things behind me. What's wrong with this guy? 
Is it not supposed to be part of the church? It doesn't even run the church. Who told you I'm not running a church? You are as blind as a bat. That's why God is sending me to speak, to awaken his voice among them who are longing and searching for the day of Zion. Can you hear God? Can you hear his voice? Our ministry is where God is pointing to. Our ministry is what God, amen, is doing. Our ministry is where the heart of God is pulsating to us. Where he is is where we want to be. Jesus said, I want to be where he is. Yet, he was standing and speaking to his people. Ministry is not what we do. Ministry is locating ourselves where he is. I'm talking about how, how to manage the coming of God back to our nation. All of those mighty things that you have heard God did in the past, those things are nothing compared to what God is about to do. But guess what? God is not just going to do because we wish him to do it. He's going to do it because there is a company of people. There is a, com there's a community, hallelujah, of saints that have postured their heart. You know, when I look at, you know, a, a ministry like, you know, uh, um, the International House of Prayer. That's in America. Uh, uh, what's the brother's name again now? I think in, in Kansas City. When I look, you know, something moved that man to position himself in that order. God does not move in the nation until he finds people who want to move his hand. All this hit and run, hit and run, it's not going to work. Ministry is not the structure that we have built. Ministries, when we empower people, we build people who are able to carry, who are able to house God. <laughs> David, I, you know, I love David. I know you also love David. David was jealous by, um, by, by a young man called, you know, Obedidom. Who knows Obedidom? Who is Obedidom? <laughs> After God struck a priest that had forgotten the pattern, David was scared <laughs> of touching the ark, of, of touching the things of God. Have you been to that position before? I've been there. Where you're afraid to touch the things of God. He said, no, 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 not me. They say it's your turn. He said, no, not me. <laughs> Somebody else. <laughs> not me. You know? Zealous guy, yes, let's go, let's carry, let's bring this presence of God. <laughs> I know some people like that. I know some men of God. Ah, yes, let's go, let's go. Uh, you liar. Okay, you you think you are ready? Okay, carry on. <laughs> when God struck a priest dead, their song of joy turned to mourning. They said, "How can it be? We thought we got this thing right, friends. Hear the voice of God." When we assume we get it right, we need to be careful. We may just be fight, we may just find ourselves committing the sin of omission. You can know the commission, but if you don't know the pattern of how to, 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 to express that commission, you may find yourself committing the sin of omission. 
in the midst of hallelujah glory. There was trumpet. There was shout. There was screaming. There was rejoicing. There was the voice of tambourine and cymbals. And they, the whole place was in jubilation. Only for them to, to get to you know, the junction of Aruna. And as the, 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 the cart bent. The zealous guy said, I know this is the ark of God. The ark of God cannot fall. He used his hand. <laughs> he died. The pattern has not changed, friends. He died. Who killed him? God did not kill him. He forgot the pattern. He forgot the order. He forgot. The... Moses said, write these things down. Put it close to the ark that the People may remember because I know these ones, they are stiff-necked. They don't like to hear. They are rebellious. When I'm gone, I know they are hard to turn back. But write it down as a testimony, as a memory, as a reminder so that they can be tracking this thing. Guess what? Even with the, with, with the, with the, with the word that was written, they still they went to do their own thing. So it was there. Up everyone, amen, call into the priesthood. Know the pattern. It's like join the military and don't know the protocols, hallelujah, of executing your service. It's not possible. They will send you home, whoever you are. That is why the, the military concept, amen, is, is, is where we should be learning discipline from. If you go, to, if you are a cadet, you, you, you go join. <laughs> They won't pass you because you're so brilliant. You have to pass every aspect. You must pass every aspect of the training. You can be so brilliant, but if you don't know how to swim, you will fail. You will go back home. <laughs> you will go back home. Oh, Jesus. We need to bring back some military training. I didn't say military, military lifestyle. I said military training. Because it teaches us discipline. Many people don't even know what it means to be disciplined again. That's why when you discipline them, they leave the church. When you discipline them, they tell you you're stupid. Who are you to talk to me like that? <laughs> the sense of honor and respect is thrown out. That's why they never get to become amen, what heaven ordained them for. Go ask Esther. Go ask, you know, you know Ruth. Ask Joshua. They were all trained. Ask, amen. The men, Bible says, in the house of Abraham, 300 men were raised. Those were, those 300 men, they went to fight for, <laughs> for nations. How do you do that? How do you train 300 men? 300 slaves you've turned to warriors. They went to engage with four, four kings. And they defeated them. Your picture of Abraham must change. <laughs> that concept of Abraham is just, you know, is the father of faith. You better, you better redefine the concept of faith when you think of Abraham. He raised warriors in his house. He raised disciplined men and women in his house. Such that they were able to engage four, not two, not three, four. What a man. In the day David was bringing back the ark, he, he allowed the, the euphoria of the bringing back 
to, to, to derail him. Suddenly, they, they said, okay, no, this guy, we know this guy is very zealous for God. Abedidom. But we don't think the ark of God will ever stay in his house. Who knows? Maybe after one week, this guy will, will, will commit, they, they will kill him. <laughs> David is crazy. <laughs> I mean, why he cannot do, he pushed it to, to somebody else. Because there was never anything in the Bible that suggests to us that Obedidom was prepared for, for the carriage of the ark. But one thing we know, he had a heart for God. Three months. First month they were wondering, the ark is still there. The whole family will wake up in the morning. I hope you understand that it's not just Obedidom living in the house. His entire family, his entire household was brought under the divine governance. This man Obedidom knew how to, how to house God. I, 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 I thought I should jump up. I feel like jumping up. He knew how to house God. He knew how to, hallelujah, how, 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 how to invite God into his house and how to house him. If God ever come into some of our houses, ah, there will be chaos. There will be too many deaths. Rabba Shayando. Obedidom. Say, bring, bring him. Bring the ark. We don't know what Obedidom did, but God was pleased with Obedidom. Did you hear me? I said, we don't know what Obedidom did, but whatever, whatever structure and condition, because listen, God does not reduce his standard. God doesn't say, oh, because he's Obedidom. Let me reduce my standard for Obedidom. No, the pattern of God has not changed. David knew that. God aligned himself with this order of a man called Obedidom. There was nothing so spectacular about his life than the fact that whenever you speak of Obedidom, what do you refer to? He housed God. He housed the presence of God. In the day of disaster, he saved the day. He said, bring the presence of God. They watch, that, they watch God live in the house of Obedidom. I'm talking about the God of Israel. Because that act represents the entire government of God in the land of Israel. Represent the Power of God. Remember, when they were fighting the Philistine under the ministry of Eli, they said, let's go get the presence of God. If this Philistine think they can defeat us, go bring the ark of God and let's show them. Obedidom. <laughs> it was the carrier of God. Men are carriers of the seasons of God. If men can carry the presence of God, then they must be carriers of the seasons of God. They must be carriers of the intentions of God. Because all of the things that we are seeking and yearning and longing for are all captured within the presence. If you can house God, you can, you can, you can display his glory. I'm not talking about, you know, housing some, you know, shh, no, no, I'm not talking about some feelings there now. I'm not talking about some hallelujah, praise God, little, some little revelation that, you know, no, no, no. I'm talking about housing God. The ark, that wood, amen, that, that was 
painted with gold that was spread with gold earlier listen represent the government of god on earth nobody looks into it you die nobody touches it you die but it must be carried by men what kind of a man you must carry this thing that you don't touch it you can't <laughs> yes god god was showing us something four poles two poles on one side amen one, one pole on one side long enough that you don't get too close to it it must be carried on the shoulders of men I showed us this principle when they were to bring that ark David gathered the next time he gathered 30,000 men all the men in the land he summoned them including his warriors he brought their strength to the end he brought everything down Everybody must come down. That's how to bring the presence of God. He gathered all the men. What was, the, what, was, what was symbolic of that? He brought all their strength to the place of the feet of the ark. He brought their strength to an end. Right? Because the first time amen, somebody tried to use his strength. Ha, oh Jesus, help me. Somebody thought I can use my strength to gather things of God. He said, oh, we're fighting. We're fighting on behalf of God. You, nobody, God never asked you to fight for, um, for him. He asked you to live for him. He can defend himself. We have to learn in this new day. I hope and I pray that this sound will resound deep into the recesses of the corners of our lives, of our mind, of our thoughts. This word will go deep into the uttermost part of the, of the world and touch the life of men and readjust them. Because somebody will argue and say, what are you talking about? Can't you see God in what we're doing? Well, I can see. I see, I see the manifestations of all kinds of gods. It's called the Laodicean Church. The Laodicean church said, we are rich. We are wealthy. We need nothing. I'm talking about bringing God back. Let's look at what the Laodicean church say. To the angel of the church in Laodicea. Right. These are the words of the Amen. The faithful and true witness. The ruler of God's creation i know your deeds that you are neither this is the deeds of these people this is their concept of ministry god called their concept of ministry lukewarm he said i know your works i know your deeds that you are neither cold nor hot i wish i wish you were either one or the other in other words why don't you choose either to be hot or cold so because you are lukewarm neither hot nor cold i am about to spit you i'm about to spit you out of my mouth in other words i'm about to take my authority from you to spit you out of out of his mouth amen means you no longer have the power to speak the power to declare the daba you no longer have amen if a ministry has lost his voice the mouth of god what are you doing if you as a believer have lost, amen, the position where God speaks through you, you've, you've, you're gone. You, you, you're nothing again. You're just, just an echo. I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. The mouth, amen, is representative, amen, of ministry. 
Because it's from there that we're able to launch, we're able to proclaim, we're able to declare. Even if you have all the prophetic revelation, but you cannot declare, what, 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 good, is, what, what good is it? I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You say. And that is our problem. What we have come to believe. The philosophy that we have come to patch our life you know, around. When you look at yourself and you evaluate yourself and you come to a conclusion. You say. This is the problem. You say. What are you saying? What you say amen, is determined by the configuration of your values, of your perspective, of your understanding. You say. You say. You say, I am rich. I have acquired wealth. I do not need a thing. This is what they are saying. This is what amen, the present day, many of the present day church are saying. When I look around, when I sometimes, you know, watch some of the things that is being proclaimed from our pulpit, you can hear amen, this undertone. We are rich. We are wealthy. Look at what we have done. Some of us even boast of, you know, our good deeds. See what we have done. We build this. We build that. We, we are engaging in this. Where Listen, those are all welfare. Welfare is good. But when it comes to engaging with God, you've got to do better than welfare. You've got to do better than welfare. Because if it's welfare, Coca-Cola will, will outdo you. Pepsi will outdo you if it's welfare. Protein gamble will outdo you if it's welfare. Because it's welfare that the systems of the world is using amen, to, to, to capture, to control, to manipulate, and to keep the people impoverished. You can use welfare to keep the people impoverished. See what we are doing. There was welfare amen, in the church in the beginning. But the, the apostles did not give themselves to the minister of welfare. They were to engage to the minister of the word and to the minister of prayer. Come on. If bread and butter is what defines our ministry, we are meant to be pitied, most miserable. There's more to what the church ought to represent in a city than giving people, you know, handouts, foods, parcels. We need that. But that's not the ministry. The ministry is to open the eyes of the people. Is to pop their ears that are deaf to hear. Is to bring them from their lameness so that they can walk. Amen. Not take food to them. You need to train them to become men and women again. That, that, that man amen, at the gate, beautiful, 36 years thereabout, has been on that gate. Peter said, Look on us. Silver and gold I do not have. Today is not a day of welfare. You can't build your church around welfare. You can't build ministry around welfare. But that's how we build church today. If, you, if, you, if you're good in welfare, even the government will support you. The government will support you. Say, so you're, you're doing good. You see, we have to bring balance. I never said welfare is not good. I said that's not the ministry. Because I told you, under the un, when the church began... At the, at the twilight of the church, they, read it, Act, eight, uh, Act 6, there was welfare. The church knew what they were called to do. 
They knew they ought to supply for the needs of the people, but they knew better that their work is beyond just giving clothes, giving food, amen, giving all of these things, because you can use that to manipulate. I mean, when you hear some of this prophet today, they say, see what we're doing, see, but that give them the audacity and the leverage to continue to lie to the people and skimp. I mean, if you're doing welfare of a million rand a month, but you collect, you know, 10 million from the people, <laughs> Who, who is gaining and who is losing? So let, let's not get ourselves into all of this lie. A day must come, a people must arise that can showcase, that can display the values of God, the standards of God, the intentions of God. A, a people must cry. Where is the God of Elijah? You know, if, if Elisha was joking around while he was being trained, if Joshua was joking around while he was being trained, come on. If Ruth was joking around while she was being trained by Naomi, when their day, hallelujah, to take over, to display, to showcase, to reveal the glory of God comes, they will not be able to do it. They would not be able to do it. So we have to track God. We have to believe God to help us in this new day. We have to cry out to God. We have to begin to passionately spend time. We want to find him. We want to find you, God. We want to know how to bring you back. I want to be part of the company of people that will not give themselves rest and will not give you rest. We want to find the path to Zion again. 22 years of doing our own thing is over. After a long period, the Bible says Jeremiah called the sons of the Rechabites. I've shared on that. <laughs> Jeremiah called the sons of the Rechabites into, you know, you know a, a, a secret room. You know, the sons of the Rechabites were Nazar Nazarites, Na Nazarenes, some, some will call them. They were not just Rastafarians. They are not Rastafarians. These are Nazarites. There's a difference between Rastafarians. Rastafarians have their own ideology because people, people will tell, oh, those are not, they're never Rastafarians. They were connected to the God of the living God and they never mixed any other thing. Nobody manipulated them. They never used amen, their, their condition or position to, you know, to control or trying to influence others. Let's, let's get it right. These were people who, who had dedicated themselves unto God for a season. They were called Nazarites, the Nazarenes. They, were, they dedicated their life and the expression of the dedication, one of the expression of the dedication is that no razor, will no razor blade will touch their head, their, their head, their head. And the Lord accepted it. That's totally different from those people who are into, telling you that they're into Rastafarians. And listen, let me let me bring a balance. In the New Testament, you don't need to leave your leg, your excuse me, your head, your head long, in order to prove that you're, you know, you're from you're from the tribe of the Nazarenes. No, 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 no. That order is passed. All of that end, amen. Through with the ministry of the of the of the Levitical order. 
So if you're, if you're supposed to be a man of God and you're leaving your hair long and you say because you're trying to prove all right, that you've been set aside, I, I, I'm sorry to disappoint you. You are out of order. Your head no longer defines amen, your position or condition of authority or status with God. It is your heart, your heart condition. And don't tell me, well, uh, but it doesn't matter. Well, if you think it doesn't matter, well, that's you. But I, I, I think it does matter because the things that we do, particularly as New Testament believers, all right, is, is, is a message to people because our entire life today must become a message. That's what the Lord wants us to. I mean, if Jesus, if Jesus, I mean, after all, Jesus came from Nazareth. The Bible never said he left his hair long like, like the Rastafarians to prove a point that he's a separated one. Come on. Jesus is the pattern son. I'm trying to bring a balance to so many things that we have brought into the church today. All in the name of God. You can find something in the scripture all right, that is no longer expedient as a practice. We are, we are realigning the priesthood. Let's not get deceived. But this guy is called amen, the sons of the Rechabites who are Nazarenes. The Bible says the prophet of the Lord called them. He was, he was trying to engage if the condition of their heart, if their commitment to God is still intact or time had judged them. Because you know one thing, in the entire scripture, all of the kings that began well with God, time it was what judged them. After a period in time, they forgot God. They forgot the ways of God. They forgot that they were called and separated to be a different nation. Amen. To reflect the glory of God. They went the ways of the world. They went the ways of every other king. They were judged by time. Solomon was judged by time. Even his father David was judged by time. You see, working with God, I tell you friends, is the most challenging thing. That's why God said to Moses, excuse me, to, to, to Abraham, walk before me and be perfect. If there's a man that we can, we, can, we can look up to in terms of tracking with God, it's Enoch. He walked with God 365 years. Ah, Lord help us. Enoch walked with God 365 years. And we saw the end of that walk. He was literally taken out of the earth. He was literally taken out of the earth. The Bible says, and he could no longer be found. And he was not. Moses walked with God. They couldn't find where he was buried. We have to learn to walk with God. It takes a, a continual Daily engaging of our heart. It takes a continuous submitting and submission of our life. It takes a daily renewal of our mind. Because our walk with God yesterday can be the barrier ground. Can be our defeat, our demise for today. Let me repeat what I've said. Our walk with God yesterday can be our demise today. You see, because there's something in the, in the human system called memory. When you remember how you walk with God yesterday and the things God did for you yesterday and the way God moved in your life and the, and the, and the way you parted the Red Sea and the way you healed and the way you raised the dead and the way you opened the blind eyes and the way you provided and the way you pay for that person's school fees and the way you opened that business, that church, you know, the way you opened that God knows what and how you were able to travel all around. God did great things. It's so natural for you to carry that over into today and say, well, 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 you know, God used me yesterday. I did X, Y, Z. And so today, just going to, no, you can't do that. 
You can't do that. If you do that, you're going to fall into the lies of the enemy. The enemy is going to come to you and say, well, you know what he did yesterday? You're a powerful person. And that's what, I'm, I'm sorry to say, but that is the truth. That is what the American church does. When the American, you know, a, a church, and I'm, I'm saying this because it's, a, it's, a, it's almost like a general thing. When the American church sees that somebody, all right, carries a gift, God, God is using this person. They will merchandise. They will squeeze that gift. They will squeeze that grace. They will bring you to the... In fact, if you, if you want to hide yourself, they will look for you in the hole. They will bring you out. They will make sure that, you know, they, they, you know, they, they, they market you. In fact, if you cough, they will market your cough. If you sneeze, they will market that sneeze. Whatever you do... Why? Because that's the system. You see, if you're going to live in America as a man of God, you have to understand, amen, the way the religious system works. You must understand. If you don't understand that, you're gone. Check all the powerful prophets that came, from, came out from America. All the powerful prophets. There used to be this black guy that four or five years ago, this guy was sharp in the prophetic. Where is he today? They will, they, will, they will push you until you will begin to say what, what they want you to say. Because the day God never speaks to you, they will come and say, what's the Lord saying, man of God? What is the Lord? What is the Lord saying regarding Israel? What is the Lord saying regarding you know, Iran? What is the Lord saying regarding... That's where you find those people today who are powerful, powerfully used of God. Some of them are to, are to, be, are to go on sabbatical leave. Sabbatical leave. And I'm not saying this, you know, because I'm better than them or perfect than them. No, I'm saying this, that we have to track the spirit, all right, that can destroy, that can neutralize, that can paralyze, hallelujah, the, the power of God and the speakings of God over our life that most of them that are within the regions that we live. That's the American church for you. That, 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 that system knows how to teach the Nazarites to drink wine. They would, that's what the Bible says. I just quoted a scripture. They teach you as a Nazarite to drink wine. Remember, Nazarites are not supposed to drink wine. Jeremiah called the sons of the Rechabite. He says, guys, sit. He poured wine into the, into, into, into the whatever it is, jug or jar. He said, guys, drink wine. I want to speak to you. Let's rejoice. But first of all, let's have some wine. <laughs> this guy says, sir, what are you doing? I said, drink some wine. It's just wine. Drink. They said, don't you, have you forgotten that our great-grandfather made a covenant with God that our mouth will not touch wine? What are you doing, sir? Jeremiah tried to persuade them. They said, no, we're not drinking. Jeremiah swore before the Lord. This, this thing that you guys have kept, the Lord will continue to use you guys. My point is, Time can judge us. We can get to a point in our walk with God and think, <laughs> you know, particularly when we've done so much for God and now we can no longer fast again. Now we begin to, you know, develop some pot bellies and, you know, hallelujah, praise God. Hallelujah, praise God. See what we become, the, we, we end up becoming the Laodicean church. We have to constantly and continually remind ourselves of this thing. So that we can walk in that straight and narrow path. Because success can become even our demise, our place of failure. We can, we can be successful to fail. Let me repeat what I've said. We can be successful to fail. 
Because when you get to a point where you are successful in your own eyes, there's, a, there's, a, there's an attitude, a belief system. You know, certain people, when they don't have money in their pockets, there's a way they behave. They're all over the place. They, they, they're trying to be nice. They're trying to, you know, let money get into their pocket. Let money come into their account. You just see them, they change, different. Something in them just change. People like that cannot be entrusted with wealth. Because they can easily be bought. Their life is on, is a, is a, is a on and off switch based on their definition of success. You have to constantly, continually remind yourself, teach yourself. The songs of Zion, the songs of the bow. You have to learn to know how to abase and abound. Learning to walk with God is something you have to constantly remind yourself so you don't forget. You don't assume. When you assume, you create casualty. So I pray this day that the Lord will once again align our hearts, our, our thoughts, our soul, our body to what he is saying that we will not be a casualty of this new day. May his voice, may his spirit continue to speak to us. May, his, may, the, may the intentions of God continue to renew us. May we die to the strength of yesterday. May we yield our life to the voice of this new day. Father, I thank you. I thank you for what you are doing in my own life. Separated, oh God, from the noise. Separated, oh God, from the false expectation. My expectation comes from you. You are my expectation, Lord. I do not see myself to have arrived. I have nothing to show. I have nothing to display, to, de to declare. Nothing. There's nothing that I am trying to become than to be all that you want me to be in reflecting your glory to the people. I thank you. I honor your holy name this day. May your spirit continue to guide us, lead us to the place of your good pleasure. Thank you, Father, for resource to continue to expand, build up, show forth this wealth of treasure that you have given to us. Thank you, Lord, for the lives that you're going to be touching to be a blessing to this work. That we will not, oh God, be, be stopped for lack of resource. I thank you. Thank you, Lord, for all that you have placed in me in terms of revelation, words, truth to release to the body, particularly regarding this material that you've given to me that I've been working on for so many weeks now. I thank you, Lord. Sometimes it's, it's tiring and demanding, but I thank you that you've always been there for me to strengthen me. All for the people. All glory goes to you. Lord, I thank you this day. Your strength, O oh God, is perfected in my weakness. I bless you, O oh God. Wait on you. My eyes are on you. Thank you for your will and counsel flowing out of this place. Thank you, Father, for many lives this day that will be 
imparted through this message. Young men and women, oh God, who will listen to this message and will feel a stirring in their heart to engage you again. I bless you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, thank you so very much. Thank you, uh, my dear sister Kumisa. Thank you. Thank you, Apostle, uh, Apostle Godfrey. Thank you for connecting. Thank you, Sister Tina, uh, uh, Brother Derek. Thank you, everyone, for joining this morning. I really appreciate it. Thank you. May the Lord continue to empower you all. May you continue to speak his word into your heart, into your spirit. May you be an extension of that voice to somebody out there. May the things that you have heard continue to empower you. May God continue to enrich your ministry, sir. May every other person watching us, wherever you're watching from, you're going to be watching from, may this word take you to the next reality. Everything that I've said this morning are from the depth of my heart. There is nothing of flesh or man here. All glory and praise be to our Father. May the Holy Spirit continue to quicken our heart to respond to his mind and desire. Thank you, everyone. Have yourself a wonderful and a blessed day. I'll see you again, hopefully, uh, uh, tomorrow, if the Lord will permit. God bless you. Bye-bye.